Only recently has the healthcare industry begun to truly leverage the power of big data and artificial intelligence. Because of this wider adoption and implementation, founders of companies like our next guest are brilliantly solving some of the most costly issues facing healthcare. During this episode, Dr. Bora Chang, CEO of Kila Health, joins us to discuss how her experience as a researcher at Duke University propelled her to launch her company and how her technology is dramatically improving the surgical care journey. Because of leaders like Dr. Chang, I remain confident we can reimagine the healthcare industry. Join us for this enlightening, timely, and important conversation. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Chang. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me, Mike. Well, Bora, I'm fired up to have this conversation today, discuss how you and your team are combining predictive algorithms with high-impact interventions to reduce surgical complications. But before we discuss the Kila Health journey, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Bora, it's almost time for our community to learn how Kila Health has become a national thought leader in data science in surgery care. But first, I'm going to randomly select a question so we can get to know you. And we're talking outside of work. What is one thing you love to do besides building Kila Health? What's that one thing you love that's your go-to? Well, I love being outdoors. I think that's been a pretty common go-to for folks during COVID when we can't do much traveling or anything else. I've spent a lot of time on my weekends driving to local state and national parks here in California in our backyard and drove up to Washington to visit some of the national parks up there as well as once this summer to Utah. So it's been amazing to just see the diversity of landscapes when you go hiking and kind of explore the parks. And especially here on the West Coast, we're so privileged to have so many outdoor spaces. And I hope we can, as a country, continue to drive preservation programs to protect these spaces. I couldn't agree more with that. And Bora, I lived in California for a number of years. And just California itself is so diverse. One area I absolutely love, and if people haven't been there, put it on the to-do list. It's the Redwood Forest. It's just unbelievable. It's amazing. I mean, they've been there for centuries, right? Those trees. And it's just, it's awe-inspiring to walk amongst them. To our audience, if you don't know the history and the reasons why the Redwoods are so tall, do Google it. It's a fascinating story (laughs) and because of where they're located and all that. But yeah, the Redwood Forest is one of the most magical places I've personally ever been. So, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm right there with you, Bora. I'm fortunate. I live in Colorado. So yes, I'm in the outdoors a lot myself. So thank you for sharing your love for the outdoors as well. And I'm looking forward to discussing your journey and mission with Kila Health after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. 
The need for resilient healthcare professionals who can navigate change in crises is higher than ever before. Traditional education has fallen short of providing the necessary skills for when and how they're needed. Dignity Health Global Education fills the educational gap and reimagines workforce development for clinical and non-clinical professionals across the sector. At the intersection of EdTech and custom corporate training, DHGE offers online programs that foster authentic leadership, data-driven decision-making, and entrepreneurial innovation. Developed with CEOs and CNOs, DHGE programs combine industry expertise and top-tier academic knowledge from industry leaders like Duke CE, ASU's Thunderbird, and Pepperdine Grazadio. To learn how DHGE can guarantee an improved ROI on education for your organization, head over to dhge.org or visit the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Dr. Bora Chang, CEO of Kila Health, and we have a lot to discuss. Bora, you guys have been at it now for a number of years with Kila Health. It's an exciting space. I used to work in the surgical space myself, and once I found out about your story, I was so excited to have you come on the podcast, share with what you guys are building at Kila Health, but take us a little bit on that history lesson. Give us a little bit of that tour of behind the scenes of how the company came to be in the first place. Give us a little bit of that founder's journey, and then we'll go into current state, what you guys are working on today, where you see things heading into the future. But for now, let's talk about that founder's journey. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start way back. I've always been a science nerd. I went to college wanting to cure cancer. So I worked in a neurosurgery lab looking at protein production in brain tumors and translated some of that work actually over to Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Institute, where I shifted into infectious disease research and HIV, working with one of the first people who had helped discover HIV back in the 80s. And while I was doing research, you know, it was fascinating stuff, but I wanted to ultimately apply it and see that work translated to help people today. So I decided to go into medicine to start to bring the work on the bench to the point of care for patients. And during my medical training at Duke University, I began to get involved in the tech innovation and big data space. So I started working with a research group that was trying to figure out how to apply machine learning on all of this great, rich data sets that we had today to be much more predictive and helpful in helping the patients who we'd be taking care of in the future, right? Today, tomorrow, next week, rather than have this data just merely be a retrospective look back and see, ah, well, that didn't go so well, or looks like our patients didn't do well last year. We wanted to be proactive and preventative and have information that could be acted upon when it mattered for that patient sitting in front of us. So we got together with a group of surgeons, clinician researchers, machine learning experts across the university, software engineers, and began to build our early predictive models on a 4 million patient surgical database, and then built a software wrapper around it. And in those early tests with clinicians and surgeons, we realized that these folks are busy. They need useful information. And more importantly, they care about actionable insights. So they want to know what specific different actions can I take that will result in better outcomes for my patient. And so we pulled all of those early learnings together into what Kela Health is today. We're a surgical intelligence platform that improves surgical care in a three-pronged approach. 
First, we use machine learning to predict surgical complications for each individual patient before they even start their surgical journey. And second, we tie interventions that are differentiated and tailored to prevent that specific patient's risk. And third, it's not enough to know what's going to happen and do something about it. We have to track what ultimately happens to our patients. So we track patient outcomes in a detailed and granular manner, and we deliver that information back to surgeons and their teams so that they know what worked well and what didn't work so well in a timely manner so that they can iterate and adjust practice for that next patient. When I tell just regular people on the street what we're doing, they're shocked that hospitals don't already function this way. This is highly intuitive and more so we have the technology today to make it work and do better for our patients. And in a moment, I'm going to ask a couple of questions of tactically how you're doing it. You know, I, I'm fortunate I get to head up emerging technology at Olive. We're building the internet of healthcare. We're one of the, you know, healthcare's newest unicorns. And I've been in this space for a long time, Born. I know what I'm about to say you agree with adding one more click to the clinical workflow, you know, inundating providers with more technology. It's just creating even more of that burnout, if you will. But before we right. go there, Bora, I do want to ask, because I love when I hear researchers coming into and building startups. Did you experience things that you weren't anticipating in launching a company? Has it been everything you thought? Have you learned a lot of things along the way that you weren't anticipating? What has it been <laughs> like being a startup founder? Because I know a lot of people tuning in, you know, they're thinking about building one themselves. What was it like right. launching a company from a personal perspective? All of my training was in science and medicine and medicine itself is hard to get through all of that rigorous training, all of that information you need to know to take care of patients day to day. And despite all of that, you know, the amount of sort of challenging, agile demand for you as a founder to address new problems, different problems, as things are shifting, the ground is shifting underneath you, right? It really is about building the plane while flying it and to be able to truly crystallize what you're trying to do, how you're trying to do it, but in an iterative process, collect the data you need to inform what comes next. And I think that is more challenging than it might look on the outside. It's an amount of discipline and reflection that is required on a daily basis you can't really have ego to be able to do it because you're going to be wrong a number of times and there's going to be missteps. But I think the key thing is to learn from those lessons and be able to iterate and keep going. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, I'm fortunate I'm able to mentor and advise a lot of startups. I've done quite a few on my own. And I actually say, if you're not failing, you're not doing it right. You, know? <laughs> right, you right. have to fail, fail fast, learn from those mistakes and you know, iterate from there. So you're spot on. Bora, thank you for sharing that. So let's dive back into Kila Health. You know, we just talked about that, right? We're talking about technology and it's just overwhelming in the healthcare industry right now. And I get it, right? It's just been so difficult. I've been adding to burnout. When we think about Kila Health and putting it into actual use to be able to achieve exactly what you were saying earlier about improving surgical care with this technology, how are you tactically going about doing it? So Mike, you're totally right that our clinicians are inundated with information. The question is, what's the right information that's insightful at the time that it matters? And what we're doing is, first, we're closely embedded within the workflow. So surgeons and clinicians are not going anywhere else than 
their native environments and the EHRs to find our information. So we sit right within the electronic health record main page as a navigation tab or as columns in a certain patient view where you're able to see our insights. So our predictions for a certain patient's risk and the recommendations right within the workflow as you're thinking about that patient, reviewing their patient chart, notes, labs, et cetera, you're also reviewing Kela Health's predictions. You know, how much of a risk does Mr. John Doe have for getting readmitted? Or what is his chance for getting a surgical site infection? Or what's his chance for getting a post-op cardiac MI, heart attack? And in any of these different endpoints, you're able to get an exact score, a percentage chance, relative risk. So how do they rank compared to other patients who have also undergone this procedure? And are they ultimately a high risk or a low risk? Should I do something differently for this patient given these risks? Or is kind of the standard of care a lower level intervention sufficient for this patient? And so that is right within the workflow. As they're making those decisions real time, our predictions and insights are right there alongside them. So just as you would use your GPS to get to work, you've done it a thousand times, you know how to get there. But today, the traffic may look a little different. Or you know, maybe there's a cop car waiting around the corner and there's just a little more information that will guide how you take a route maybe a little bit differently today than you would previously. And let's also talk dollars and cents, right? Especially as we think about one day we're going to be in this value-based care environment. This is going to be important today, but it's going to be more important then as well. You guys have some information on your site that's just absolutely so exciting to me in regards like a vascular case study, 41% reduction in surgical site infection and 20% cost savings. Those are enormous numbers, Bora. Can you explain a little bit more dollars and cents? What does it mean for a health system? And then of course, what does it mean for the end result for the patient, the one we should be keeping in mind the entire time of these types of processes? What does that all look like? Right. So at the end of the day, if our platform is integrating all of the great information, we're triggering behavior change and decisions to be different, and we are driving better care, you're going to see reductions in complications. You're going to see cost savings for the health system as a whole. And the way we've seen this in past studies is there is a discrepancy between what current practice is doing today. There's a lot of variation that's happening from you know, how a surgeon A versus surgeon B versus surgeon C might assess a certain patient and decide to do something different from surgeon A, B, and C for that patient than, say, our algorithm and platform would recommend. So we've seen that natural variation in practice, and we started to compare, well, how does that and the ultimate outcomes that happened in practice today compare with if Kela Health had been embedded and been able to add data-driven objective stratification and insights and layer on those recommendations that would have been different for the high-risk patient versus the low-risk patient. And there was a difference in assessment of patient level of risk from just subjective surgeon assessments versus the Kela Health algorithms. And in that discrepancy, we actually saw that there were high-risk patients who were missed by clinicians. So there were folks that were indeed needing more interventions, but didn't necessarily gain those extra interventions. And then the opposite was true. 
there were low risk patients who had the extra interventions, those you know, valuable resources that were allocated to low risk patients who didn't otherwise benefit more from having those interventions. So as we think about the discrepancy in assessment and the discrepancy in delivery of resources, we're seeing that there could be more cost savings and really improved care by layering this extra data-driven layer on top of what's existing today. So exciting. Thank you for sharing that, Bora. And then also let's turn a little bit to future state, right? This area that you guys are working in, I believe is still a lot of opportunity for growth and continuing to truly impact healthcare. I'll just say it, you don't have to, but we know that healthcare is very late adopters on a lot of things and we move very slowly in this industry. I've said that time and again, but I see these types of opportunities and technologies having huge capabilities to improve the industry. So where do you see things heading in the future, not only for Kela Health, but then the industry at large? What should we be contemplating? What should we as leaders be thinking about what you guys are seeing on the daily? Give us a little bit of that future state and where things are heading. Mike, you mentioned this at the top of the hour where you know we're moving and shifting into a value-based care world. Now, we're still in a fee-for-service model. Past guests of yours have really talked about the payer models that we have in our country and how they're so fragmented. But the challenge here for us, not only for Kela Health, but for the innovation community as a whole, is how do we start to solve problems today in our fee-for-service world or mixed sort of payer environments? And how do we then usher us as a country into that value-based care model where everything is driven for outcomes and then paid for for outcomes? And I think that transition is a really difficult one and one that we're slowly starting to drive with policies, with the technology to help support that. But we will need ushers, right, across who build that bridge and help usher folks across that bridge to that future state. And I think for Kela Health, we're sort of hitting the bullseye in the target, going for some difficult propositions, right? Saying we're wanting to change a paradigm, change how clinicians are practicing, how we're really using data at the point of care and making decisions for patients. And that really is driving a value prop that's for the future, right? The value-based focus, focus on outcomes and patient a quality of care. But in this fee-for-service world, I think there's also value propositions that could be met with our type of technology. You know, we can improve operational efficiencies by looking at patient acuity and understanding, do we have to have all the high-risk patients scheduled for surgery this week, all in one week? Or can we start to really think about uh, stratifying and thinking about our operations and being able to allocate our nursing resources, our surgeon resources in a way that makes more sense day to day. I think there's going to be direct clinical efficiencies and effectiveness in being able to reducing complications can also increase throughput. So if you have beds that aren't being taken up by a readmitted patient, you can have beds that are opened up for patients who are getting the right procedure at the right time, who will do well. So I think even in a current world today, we can help solve a lot of these questions on addressing adverse events and complications, but also start to help health systems generate revenue while taking great care of patients. 
And then let's also talk about before we kind of flip the script on you and ask what we can be doing to help you and the Kela Health team. Can you quickly share with our community, because we have some of the most brightest and most passionate minds listening on the podcast that are working in this industry to improve it every single day. In regards to who Kela Health serves, you said health systems. Are you in the surgery center market? What types of customers do you guys focus in on at Kela Health? Yeah, great question. We do serve inpatient hospital systems with a large inpatient surgical volume. We also do work with ambulatory surgical centers in the outpatient space. So there's an orthopedics network that we're working with currently and are looking to expand our work with stratifying who are the right patients to be taken care of in an outpatient setting in, say, an ASC versus in an inpatient setting. So we're working with both types of surgical facilities. And in addition, we're engaging with surgical vendors, so medical device companies and others in our market who have been long serving our hospitals and clinics, but also find the value of seeing patient stratification, identifying who are the high-risk patients that would most benefit from certain medical devices or certain types of procedures over others. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Bora, I do appreciate it. And let's flip the script on you a bit. I always love to be able to have our community get involved with you and our guests. So what's one problem need or question that you and the team have that the Passionate Pioneers community can be helping you with or contemplating? You know, one problem we're trying to solve is, as you said, Mike, the healthcare system could be a slow system to change and adopt innovation. So we're looking for those innovative early hospital partners who are bullish on creating a safer and higher quality experience for their patients and are willing to do things a little differently to achieve that. We don't subscribe to the notion that any one technology, even AI, is going to change everything. Your audience in healthcare knows the hard work and dedication it takes day in and day out to ensure that patients are getting that great care. So we simply want to meet leaders who are courageous enough to just take some action and take a step forward with us to challenge the existing status quo. I love it. That's why we have you on here because that's exactly what we're doing every single episode, challenging the status quo. I know we can do better. I always say, Bora, if we as a country put a man on the moon together as a nation over 50 years ago, there's no doubt in my mind that we can't reimagine this industry that touches every single one of us. We have some of the most passionate and brilliant minds in this country. I know we can do it. So to our community, reach out to Bora and the Kela Health team to see if you can be of help and to do exactly what she just asked to challenge that status quo. But of course, Bora, we need to figure out where do we get a hold of you? Where do we find you online, social media handles or otherwise? Where are some of those contact points? Yeah, check out our website at kelahealth.com. That's K-E-L-A health.com. Follow us on Twitter at Kela Health or on our LinkedIn at Kela Health. Easy enough. And all of those contact points will be in the episode notes. So in your favorite podcast player, simply scroll down, head to the episode notes and click on through. Additionally, there will be a post for Bora's episode over at passionatepioneers.com. There's a section where you can leave comments, questions, feedback, or otherwise for Bora and the Kela Health team, as well as those contact points. Again, passionatepioneers.com. All right, we're going to start winding it down here, Bora, get you back to building Kela Health. But we have one more thing to ask, and it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... Because I believe personalized, proactive, and preventative care is achievable today. I love it. Well, Bora, thank you so much for getting together today. We are definitely on the same page. I'm all about challenging the status quo. Again, I know we can do better. 
when we work together. I hope you guys keep up the journey, keep up the good fight, keep us posted how things are going. And thank you for spending time with us on the podcast and with our community. But for now, thank you so much for being with us today, Bora. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.